What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 143 of Frame Skip. I am Austin Eller, the host of this first ever 2024 edition of the show, and I am joined, as always, by my three buddies, starting off with the coach, Kyle Newman. What's up, coach? Nothing much. Back to school. Back to school. Back to school. Back to work for you. So Slept for two weeks. Did you guys get that little bug that was going around the united states i guess it was a mixture of covid flu pneumonia all like mixed up thankfully i didn't get anything no yeah i got something the first week but i just slept three days i was just in my freaking flannel pajama pants it was glorious (laughs) well speaking of sickness you know who else is sick george from short box summary, he is sick AF. What's up, George? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sick AF. I was gonna say that I'm good, baby. <laughs> I'm great. 2024, we made it. Look at us. I know. I know. Another another year on this planet. Let's see how long we can last. Well, I realize this year is the, my fourth anniversary of being on the show. Is that possibly right? I feel like I started recording when I like moved to back to Maine from San Francisco. That is crazy to think that it's almost, I think next month will be four years since we started the show, which is way longer than it appears. <laughs> time dilations get nuts, dude. I don't like that. Because here's the thing, the old show that we used to do, George aside, I think we did that for six or seven years. So we're already like at the halfway point, over halfway to where we got with the previous show so what was that networks of modern retro or that's something right. like that that's right that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, right uh, longest running power. temporary member on that show actually <laughs> uh well we have one more permanent member and that is of course seth Lakehouse. seth how are you man how is 2024 going uh 2024 is going pretty good so far um i i worked uh 66 percent of of 2024 so far so that 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 was rough but um yeah uh coming in coming into 2024 with a full head of steam okay i don't have anything else to say are you steam headed or just like where are we at i'm a little hot-headed i'm 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 coming in a little hot okay i see i i probably should have been uh walked out of my job um the other day because I walked in and I'm like, I will fucking quit. I swear to God, I will walk out of here right now. So. Did that really happen? That did really happen. <laughs> I'm a little hot-headed. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about that on air, but that's very interesting. Good to know. Good to know. He could do that to us <laughs> at any time, guys. Just based off, <laughs> off that situation. So. Um, but yeah, it feels good to be back. I know we've been gone for a little bit, uh, for those who are longer listeners. I know we, we kind of, I don't even know the last episode we recorded. Did did we do one in December? I can't recall. I'm not sure. I think we did. We took, we took, we took a nice little hiatus there though, for sure. Yeah. It was a good holiday break. Yeah. I think we did for game awards. I think you're right. I think you're right. The one before game awards. No, we did. We did. We did many before the game awards actually. Yep. Like 140. <laughs> so, 
Well, you know, one thing that we did not have time to do, though, before the end of 2023 was give out our annual awards, of course, that including Game of the Year and some other um, neat little awards that we've come up with. So that's what we're going to do on the show. We're going to kick off 2024 with a retrospect back on 2023. And so I want to start off with here, before we get into the awards themselves, you know, what did we think about 2023 overall? We can kind of take this wherever we, we want. We don't have to talk about games or movies or or whatever. We certainly can. But um, George, what was what was 2023 like for you? Just you know, from a games front, from a media front, or elsewhere, whatever you want to talk about. 2023 was the year I started to care more about games. I'd kind of always interested, but never like diehard the past couple of years. And I feel like this is the year I like finally started to get like my mojo back a little bit. Uh, and I feel bad like so many of the games on my list, I just like straight up didn't finish. You know, like so many games I'm going to talk about, like. Oh, yeah, I, I got two-thirds of the way through it, didn't beat it, but, like, I know I fucking love that game. And so this is this is the year I started to care again. This is the year I think it finally felt like Next Generation. I think we talked about that on our, like, uh, report card for all the consoles. And uh, I think it really shows in, in a lot of the games. Not not all the games on my list feel I feel that way about, but some of them are just like, oh, this couldn't have happened last year. This couldn't have happened the year before. This couldn't have happened on the last generation. So I'm happy it's finally arrived. Coach, what about you, man? What was just comments as a whole on, on 2023? There were a lot of games for everybody. Like, there just wasn't one or two of each genre. There was a lot of games for every genre. So this was, I think, was a really good year. 2023 was a really good year. Um, so for me, I spent a lot of time with Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, that was good. And then... Um, but yeah, I think, I, and what's funny is we know nothing really for uh, 2024. Yeah, we'll certainly get to that a little bit later. But yeah, I, I think this year is going to be really interesting by comparison to 2023. So Seth, what what about you, man? What do you what did you think of of 2023 as a whole? 2023 was uh, great for me, dude, and for video, like like you know, personally, professionally, um, everything was really good year for me i mean i bought a house got a dog like think things went really well this this year for me um video game wise i think you have to say that 2023 is one of if not the greatest year for video games of all time i mean i and, and i wonder how much of an effect uh coronavirus had that made this year what it was because you have to imagine all the delays from um, <clears throat> the pandemic ended up stacking somewhere. I, I kind of feel like that's what happened this year where they all got kind of pushed back. And then we had this like absolute banger of a year that normally would have been spread out over, over a couple of years properly. Um, and yeah, man, a, a little something for everybody. Um, and some of the greatest games of all time came out this year. And I think that's, and it wasn't just like one of them. It was like multiple of them. Right. So I, I think that's something to really think about and, and look back on. Cause I don't think we're going to see another year like this for a long time. So yeah, definitely stand out here. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I think, you know, just on a personal level, it was a really good year for me. Um, just, you know, very steady, like positive year as a whole. But when it comes to games, 
it was I agree with you, Seth. I think it, it's probably one of the best years of my lifetime when it comes to just how stacked the release list was. I mean, I just I couldn't keep up. I mean, there was so much coming out that I wanted to play and that was of superb quality like I've never seen. I mean, I think this is got to be one of the best years of all time for sure. I, for sure. I, I don't know what would be the best, but I think you could easily like put 2023 in the running when it comes to, to game releases. So um, it was great, man. And if anything, I'd say the, the one complaint I have is just that I couldn't keep up with all the games I wanted to play. There were, there was so much, which is a good problem to have. So yeah, for sure. All right, guys. So I want to just jump right into this because I know obviously we'll, we'll take a while to get through some of the, these awards. So I want to start off with one that, you know, I think, I don't believe we've ever done an award like this before, and this goes really for, for story-based games, and that is Best Protagonist, or our, our favorite protagonists of the year. So, Coach, why is Link your favorite protagonist? <laughs> um, I don't know. So, I haven't really put too much thought into it, but... For best protagonist, I mean, you you do have Link, you have Peter Parker, you have Miles. New York is so. (laughs) To me, I don't know. I don't have a favorite one. So if I were to pick one of them, it'd be one of those. It'd either be Peter or Link. Link. Good choice. George, what about you? Did you have a favorite uh, gaming protagonist this year? I have two, yeah. And uh, I'm going to say the one that I think won't count first. I got Sid from Final Fantasy 16. And like I understand, like when you say protagonist, is that a character you're playing as or just like a yeah, a good main question. character in the game? Because um, if it's just a main character in the game, I thought he was the fucking coolest person I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, dude. For sure, and he like he was clearly smoking cloves the entire time, and I was like, do I need to quit smoking cigarettes and start smoking cloves? Like, yeah. is that do I need to do that? Do I need to start faking a British accent? I just thought he was sex on legs. I yeah. thought he was the coolest dude ever. Uh, favorite character or best protagonist that you play as? I got Cal Kestis from Jedi Survivor. I thought he was kind of boring in the first game, and like I get why he was boring. He shut himself off from the Force and from caring about shit. He was just trying to hunker down and survive. And it was nice just seeing him give a shit about things in the second game. And uh, I just, I, I like seeing him have hope when he found something from the High Republic era and then immediately feel fear and regret as soon as he learned what the truth was about that thing from the High Republic era. And um, I don't know, I just love the way he interacted with all these characters in, in that game. I I want to go back. There's so many games that I'm going to talk about that are like we have a category coming up and you'll see that like, oh, George, your backlog is pretty fucking fat. Why would you go back and play that game? I just like it. And I, I, I like I like Cal a lot. Yeah. Seth, who's your answer for this? Um, top gaming protagonist. Um, my answer is myself. Uh, oh, yeah. I see. I see. It's the the Seth we made along the way. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Now, uh, in all seriousness, my um, top gaming protagonist of the year, Clive Rossfield, uh, Final Fantasy 16. 
real big fan of his character arc. I'm going from a mercenary to like a, a local legend to, to a hero. Really, really loved Clive and enjoyed every second I spent with him. And uh, runner up, I'm, I'm with George here with Cal Kestis. Big fan of Cal's arc in, in the sequel. They expanded a lot on his character. And um, man, the last five hours of Jedi Survivor. Some of the best Star Wars you'll ever see in your whole life. So, did we all finish that game? I have not. All right, let's let's make that a priority during these sleepy months of, of early twenty twenty four, and let's let's try to do a spoiler cast. I would love to. I want to talk about that so bad <laughs> to bring that up. Like, I I will. I need to replay the game to uh, get some trophies I might have missed, and uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk about it because that game fucking rips. Rips ass, dude. So, Seth, my choice is the same as yours. Uh, Clive would be my my pick, and I'd say my runner-up would be George's, which would be Sid. I think I know this is a, that's a very Final Fantasy heavy uh, combination there, but Clive, I agree with you, Seth. His his overall character arc, I was very impressed by. You know, obviously this game was was set out to be this M-rated Final Fantasy game, this more mature game. And I, I felt like Clive gave us um, kind of a, a, a lens into this more serious world. I mean, you really could feel the emotion with that character. And I got to say, the uh, voice acting from Ben Starr, excellent. That, that man needs more voice acting roles. He is phenomenal. Dude, so, voice acting in that entire game is incredible. It is. Yes. So, and the same goes for Sid. Dude, the, the guy that plays Sid, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but his voice acting is excellent. And that character as a whole, I agree with you, George. He is just super cool is the only way I can describe it. I mean, he's just a badass. So Also, while we're mentioning stuff, shout out to Jill from that game, too. Mm -hmm. I thought she was great. A big turnoff in a lot of Japanese games for me is like, I just find the characters unbelievable. Yeah. Because they act in, in such like an animated way. Which I'm, I don't know if that's congruent with Japanese culture or if that's just like how they like their protagonists to be, like to make it feel like more like a, a play, right? Where like you're, it's it's a performance as opposed to just like a, a slice of, of life or whatever. But I thought she was so incredibly subtle in every scene she was in. And I just, I, I loved her. I loved her chemistry with Clive. I thought she was incredible too. So is, uh, is your cat okay, Austin? <laughs> uh, he's okay. He was just. Um, subjected to that sequence from the Lion King. <laughs> so, um, what, what are these? so yes. the, the one thing I, I know we don't want to spend too much time on each uh, award here, but the one thing I do want to talk about is just like the absolute quality of the cast of characters in Final Fantasy 16 since we're, we're, we're talking about yes. it. Because out of like the main cast, um, of like the, the heroes and the villains, there's not a single one of them that I disliked. I, I, I mean, like even like, like, like the very beginning, um, check the, 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 the girl that's like the other mercenary that I, I forget her name. Um, I, I think she's even a great character. Um, and you know, of course we talked about Sid and Jill and Clive. Dion. Um, Dion. Dion. Oh yeah. Uh, Bahamut, right? Yeah. That dude. I yeah. love that guy. Love that yeah. guy. His character is so, excellent. And even Gav, like, I feel like in 90% of games, Gav sucks. Yes. Right? Yes. But, like, he, even he was, like, just 
fucking cool in this game. <laughs> like they did such uh, a good job of not creating loud characters, but like it, it, was, it was incredible. I loved it. Benedicta was that her name? Yeah. Oh yeah, the blonde chick with Kuka. Yes, yes. I thought I thought her like obsession with power and the willingness to do anything that, that she could to to move up, um, and then being like, completely devastated when it was stripped away from her is like a, a, another really good uh, character arc. I mean, dude, so so many good character arcs in Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, yep. And also shout out to Final Fantasy sixteen for having the first um, nudity scene. In any Final Fantasy games, so yeah. <laughs> okay, um, moving on. Best developer, <laughs> um, uh, Square Enix for putting uh, a new game. Okay, <laughs> I see. Um, best developer, you know, obviously, as we've already mentioned, there were so many just phenomenal games released this year from a variety of developers. I do wonder, Seth, like you mentioned earlier, if this year was partially almost like a COVID backlog kind of year where a bunch of games that were delayed were pushed into this year because of the COVID situation. But anyway, point being a lot of, a lot of different developers that released titles this year. So I want to start off with, with you, George, what, what did you, what would you say was the best developer um, this year? And I guess you could take this anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be a developer for a game that released, but take it wherever you choose. It's funny you say that because when we mentioned uh, our number two, our, our second to last award, um, this my reasoning here will make more sense. Uh, I got to give it up to Respawn. Um, just because of Jedi Survivor 2, I don't really like Metroidvanias. I find them really frustrating because it's like, man, I was like already fucking here. Like, why do we have to go back here? But they just did such a good job of making an action video game. Like, I respect naughty dog and everything they do but like to me they're just making like really really amazing movies that you have to watch through your controller and what i love about survivor is that like it was unabashedly a video game first and i just thought they did so much smart shit with like their puzzles every like i don't think i guess like one mechanic like when you're shooting like the purple sludge stuff for certain puzzles like that didn't feel the most star wars that felt more video game than star wars but i think everything else felt like a really good balance of what makes a game fun and what makes sense for Star Wars? Coach. So I'm going to have to go with Nintendo on this one because they had some pretty big titles. Bes- Stop, Seth. Like Tears of the Kingdom, right? <laughs> like Tears of the Kingdom, but they also... You, you, you had that little face. But they had Super Mario Wonder. Pikmin 4, they had Metroid Prime Remastered, which everyone's been like begging for to finally get. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 finally came out. Um, who developed Fire Emblem Engage? Was it Intelligent Systems? I believe so. so. Which is a propi- property of Nintendo. So they just had some good games come out. It wasn't just Legend of Zelda. They had some pretty big titles come out. Yeah. This and was a big year for Nintendo. Songs. I mean, they had a lot of a lot of games released this year. Not that they really haven't had a year in recent years where they haven't had a lot of games, but I felt like there were a lot of very strong Nintendo games in 2023. Is so. this the Switch's swan song? It's a good question. I, I mean, I feel like the Switch 2 has got to come out next year with all the leaks and rumors, and it's already at you know, seven years as well, but, or I should say this year. 
I don't know. I feel like it probably is. I mean, we just got slammed with great titles from them in 2023, so I, I think it makes sense to wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so, bought another Switch in 2023. That's my fourth geez. one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're going to keep making Switches because of you. Yeah, You're I mean, the sole I'm, reason. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it afloat. For when you were a kid, you sent Shigeru Miyamoto's kids to college, and now you're sending <laughs> his grandkids to college. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Seth, uh, who is your your best developer for 2023? Dude, my uh, my best developer for 2023 is um, Falcom. So Falcom, I just realized the other day um, they have 62 employees. That's it, dude. They're releasing massive banger RPGs once a year. Like if you look at the release schedule every year, they have a massive RPG, whether it's Yeast or uh, the Trails of series. And they're like insanely big games and their soundtracks are, are insane. So 62 employees, Falcom, absolutely nailing it. Nailing me with that trend Legend Hero series. I'll tell you what. And um uh, as a runner, as a runner up, uh, Insomniac Games, because I'm pretty sure they signed a deal with the devil in order to be as successful as they are, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm not sure where that's coming from. They signed a deal with Sony, so I don't know what you're implying there, but um, <laughs> they did sign a deal with Sony. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which did you think was better, Seth, Spider-Man or Spider-Man Two? Uh, uh, Sp- Spider-Man One. I- I, th- I think they were a little more daring with Spider-Man 1 with like the, the narrative choices they made. And, and Spider-Man 1 was like a, a breath of fresh air, whereas Spider-Man 2 is like really, really good. But it was more um, of, of an iteration, like, like you know, it, it improved on top of it. Whereas I think Spider-Man 1 was uh, more creative. I agree with that. I think Spider-Man 1 was more impactful long term. Like yeah. I'm... I love Spider-Man 2, and actually, surprisingly, it's no, not even on any of my awards for, for this, but um, I adored that game, but I think overall, I don't know, there was just something about Spider-Man 1, how unique it was, I suppose, and the different story angles that they took that were not yeah. the norm, that just, there were a few of those in Spider-Man 2, but I don't know, Spider-Man 1, just long term, I think is, is a more impactful game. Yeah, so definitely, I would I would agree with that. But that being said, Insomniac is my best developer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Makes and, sense, dude. But the really? reason the reason I say that is because when this was coming out, when Spider Man Two was coming out, they announced that every mode in the game was going to have ray tracing, and I was immediately like, and you guys probably remember this, I was immediately like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that because. Jedi Survivor came out like that and had tons of performance issues. And so I was just immediately concerned. Um, but dude, they nailed the performance in that game. That is a beautiful game, and that game runs flawlessly for every mode having ray tracing. And so honestly, for that reason alone, I just got to say that that's, that's my choice for best developer. But that aside, I mean, they're routinely pumping out great games on a very short development cycle. So I just wish more teams would would do that because I'm honestly kind of over like the five, six year development cycles that yeah. that we get from other big studios. I think we they talked are... about that on a recent episode. We yeah, did. that shit's something's gotta change, something's gotta break. 
they that's are. That's how the music industry not, was. Go ahead, Seth. Sorry. Uh, I was just, I was just gonna say uh, they are what Naughty Dog was like. Yes. A decade ago, you know, where they're they're putting out like major releases every other year or every two or three years, you know. But Insomniac seems to just do it like they, they just bang them out, dude. It's weird. It's crazy. It's too much. A little supernatural. A little, little <laughs> devil like. So wait, does that mean? Does it? I hate to like sprinkle speculative talk, but like, does that mean Wolverine's maybe not as far away as we think it is? Yeah, I think so. Did you see the leaks? Twenty twenty five. I, I tried actually not to look at the leaks. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, pretty far along. Yeah. <laughs> a lot was leaked. <laughs> Including a playable build, so... <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't say anything, but there was another game that was also leaked that is pretty imminent. So, they're, they're pumping stuff out, man. They're, they're great. I, I think, aside from... Another team, which I'll talk about later. I think they might be like my favorite dev team right now, just because of the the efficiency uh, behind behind their cycle. So, um, that's all of our best developers, right? I think we hit all of them. Uh, the next one I want to talk about here, our number three, is the game you wish you spent more time with. Now, again, this kind of goes with multiple of these awards. I don't think this necessarily has to be a game that came out this year. It could be one that, you know, you wanted to play in 2023 and just never got around to or a backlog game. So, Coach, what what is your your pick for this? What what game do you wish you spent more time with in 2023? Rift Apart. Rift Apart. Yeah. So every time I tried to start it, just something came up and it was just like, okay, pushed it to the side. So that's the third time I pushed that game to the side. So I wish I would have spent more time and focus because I know... The game's what, like ten hours, eight to ten hours yeah. long. It's not that even. It's not even that long. So, um, that's on my to do list uh, for twenty twenty four. So, Rift Apart, Smite. Nice, dude. That game is excellent. And yeah, it's really not that long. I think I got the platinum in like twelve to fifteen hours at most. Yeah. So, nothing, nothing crazy. Beth, what's your choice for this? What did? What do you? What do you wish you had spent more time with last year? My choice was Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Dude, I have not uh, played that game. A game that came out really early in the year. uh, And I bought it and played it. And it was phenomenal for like the first few hours. And I just I got distracted and never went back to it. And I always meant to, but I never did. And um my next choice is Baldur's Gate 3 because I wanted to play more time with Baldur's Gate 3, but it requires so much of me that I, I ended up putting it down. Um, yeah. And I never finished it. And someday I'm going to go back and finish Baldur's Gate 3. Whenever I get done catching up on the tsunami of JRPGs <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm in right now because it's an endless pit that I'm stuck in, apparently. So, someday. Just to confirm, by the way, I could be wrong, but didn't Guardians come out 2021 what whoa whoa that was way before uh i thought it came out this year so uh i think a bunch of people were replaying it because they were like anticipating all that and also final fantasy 16 like i like that was why i was excited to play it i was like oh i wonder like what kind of mechanics we're gonna see because it was like a square published game right i am it was yeah wow 
That's okay, crazy. Never mind. I thought it was 2022. I didn't realize it was that far back, but yeah, I've yeah, wanted to play that game. It's really good. It's uh, usually very cheap too. I've heard it's excellent. It is. So, um, George. I have five games I wish I spent more time with. Uh, two of them I haven't played. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. I haven't played Pikmin 4. Those are like my big regrets that I didn't get to check out this year. Yeah. Um, I really want to check out Pikmin 4, but like I, I have no experience with Pikmin whatsoever. And like the HD collection came out. I'm like, all right, well, like, dude, like these games aren't incredibly long. Like just see it, like see the series grow. Um, Baldur's Gate 3. Still debating if I want it on PlayStation 5 or on PC. I feel like it's probably going to play better on PC. Uh, I just don't like playing games on PC nearly as much as I like PlayStation 5. But games I have that I wish I spent more time with. Number three, Starfield. That game is massive. I don't understand why I was left off of like the Game of the Year nominations for Jeff Keighley's thing. I, I think that game is excellent. It's just so fucking massive. Bethesda finally fixed their shooting, where it is like a competent shooter first. And then they've always like, struggled with that. Yeah, but it finally feels like it's not. It is so far from Fallout Three. It feels night and day from Fallout Three. Uh, and then shit gets weird in that game, in weird and really interesting ways. So I, I actually canceled my Game Pass and I bought a physical copy of Starfield. It's the only Xbox Series X game I own. Uh, so I'd like to spend more time with that. I got super far into Spider Man Two, but never finished it. And so that is probably as soon as we're done recording, what I'm going to take care of is uh, nice getting back getting back into Spider-Man 2. I don't really like it that much, i got to be honest. <laughs> um, but I'm excited just to see where the story goes. And uh, the number one game I wish I got to spend more time with. You guys remember Warhammer Bolt Gun? Dude, yeah. I wanted to fucking, grab that. The game fucking rips. It's on sale right now on PlayStation anyway, but it's just Doom with Warhammer skins. That game is so gratuitously violent. The sound effects are great. Every time like your character stomps around, your big, stupid, clunky Space Marine feet sound like a drum beat. So, like, everything just sounds like it's working together in concert. Game fucking rips. And I only played like the first... I think there's three chapters, and I only played the first chapter, which is like five or six or ten missions. I don't even remember. Uh, but I'd love to go back and spend more time with that game because it is weird and gross. Yeah. That game looks excellent. I, I never grabbed it, but I just remember seeing the gameplay and like I have no history at all with Warhammer. I've never played Warhammer or done anything Warhammer of any consequence. But man, that game looks so good. I was a little hungover on New Year's Day. No, no don't ask why. Um, <laughs> and I found, really? this YouTube, I found this YouTube video where this dude breaks down the entire history of Warhammer yeah. in 50 minutes. Without going into like details of books, but just giving you like the grand mythology of it all. Holy smokes, man. Like that is just such a big, weird, depressing, shitty world that is just perfect for video games. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, surprisingly, I don't like Warhammer and I, I made a real concentrated effort this year actually to get into it. But the whole premise of Warhammer is that it's a never ending war. Yeah. which kind of prevents the plot from moving forward ever, right? Because the war can never end or else the series doesn't make any sense. So well, that and also like so many of the main important characters, they're fucking immortal. So like yeah. the emperor that everyone's oh fighting for, oh, he's actually been dead for 10,000 years living on this throne. And it's like, okay. He's oh, also like literally Jesus Christ, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, he is actually. <laughs> 
Like where like the twelve apostles came together and like Voltron themselves into one. Oh person. my gosh! And yeah. this guy was like waiting for the right moment when humanity needed him most. And he didn't do it as like the golden age of humanity was collapsing around year twenty thousand. He waited until every human colony became disconnected because the warp, like this intergalactic subspace dimension that they used to travel and communicate, that shit got fucked up because of weird chaos demon creatures and he waited 10,000 years after that he's like now's my time to shine guys I'm, I'm <laughs> in it to win it yeah. uh, I'm going to send you guys the video because it is like honestly just take a long lunch this yeah. weekend and just make, <laughs> just make watch some it. ramen and just yeah, slurp some <laughs> soup and, and just watch it because that shit is nuts yeah, okay it is so for me George I'm actually going to echo your first two two games that I haven't even touched Pikmin 4 and Baldur's Gate 3 at some point, I'd like to go back and, and try those out. Uh, we have Pikmin 4. Andy played a ton of it and loved it, but I have not picked up Baldur's Gate 3. I'm kind of waiting on that to, to drop in price. But um, the other two for me, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I hardly touched it. I bought it at launch because I think that was... Was it right before we went to Disney, Seth, that that came out? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it, but it literally came out like three days before we left. And I just put a couple hours into it and just never came back to it because Zelda came out right after we got back. So I'd love to go back to that game at some point, especially now with, you know, a series of patches that have come out for that. I, I know obviously at launch it had a decent amount of issues and my understanding is pretty much for the most part, the, the big stuff is fixed. So I need to go back to it. And then the other one, kind of maybe a controversial pick, but Diablo 4 came out. And I played a little bit of it with Andy when it when it launched. I actually won it in a uh, Twitter giveaway at the time on Series X. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And yeah, Major played, Nelson, right? Yeah. yeah, it was Major Nelson. That was like one of his last giveaways before he uh, retired earlier in 2023. So, um, but I didn't play a whole lot of it. I probably played like five to ten hours of it with andy and we were enjoying it but we just never progressed any further so i'd love to go back to that at some point again i know kind of a controversial pick because from my understanding the game's kind of gone downhill but i'd still like to experience it because i loved uh three even if you know it's just a matter of getting through the story i don't necessarily need to do all the like post-game stuff that people are really into but it's a it's a pretty game it's got good gameplay so at some point <laughs> But um, yeah, so George, you brought this next one up. This is number four. I thought this was a really interesting award category. Best individual component of a game. And so this could really be anything. This could be a, a soundtrack. It could be a, a specific uh, UI experience in a game or graphics or whatever it may be kind of just one individual part of a game. So George, since you you started this this award, what what is your pick here for best individual component? I have two. My my runner up, my number two. The score to Final Fantasy 16 is fucking amazing. Agree. Abso absolutely incredible. So good. <laughs> that said, my number one pick is um the Metroid effects. So like when you're playing Metroid Prime remastered, which I spent a lot of time doing uh, recently. Like on my, I have a holiday break from work where like we don't really work between Christmas and New Year. It's fucking awesome. Awesome. Um, and so I played a bunch of Metro Prime remastered. I had to get that one in before the end of the year. 
And man, I totally forgot that you could like see Samus's reflection on the visor. And it's so, like the first time I shot a missile in that game, I just saw her reflection because like all the light flare from the rocket, and it like freaked me the fuck. I completely forgot that that was a thing on the GameCube. I like thought my TV was haunted for a second. <laughs> There's that and like little x-ray components where like you could look down and like see like fingers moving like in the can. There's just so many details from that game that were so immersive. And like that game is what, 2003, 2002? That game was way ahead of its time. That's an old game. And it's just absolutely incredible stuff that like you still don't really see today. Like I feel like we're kind of getting there with vr games in particular where it's like they're trying to figure out like normal ways to let you know how much ammo you have in your gun without giving you like a hud or whatever so it's just like you know you're seeing like more games with i guess like transparent ammo clips so you can like see how much ammo you have to like just random stuff like that where it's you're stripping away the elements that make it look like a a fake reality and i metroid prime does that so perfectly um astonishing stuff and i guess third runner up is just the timing mechanic in super mario rpg i think it's like i don't do it very well i'm pretty fucking bad at that game but when i time like a hammer slam with mario just feels good man just feels good it's very fulfilling i didn't have that on my list by the way that was another one where i wish i had spent time with that i never grabbed it so at some point i'd like to pick that one up but uh coach what is your pick for this for best individual component of a game so there was there was three that I really thought was like really really cool. The first one would be the the gliding mechanic in Spider Man Two. You know, so you're Spider Man One and Miles Morales, you're just swinging, right? Now you could kind of glide with it, and they got also uh, different suits for that gliding mechanic, right? That looked really cool. Not necessarily um, they do anything, but it just looks kind of cool when you're gliding. So that was one of them. The other one was the the fusion of weapons in Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh, yeah, so, that is a good because that because that in Breath of the Wild that drove everybody crazy that your weapon breaks, right? So to not only just fix it, but they went above and beyond and made it such a important and fun thing to do because now you could just mix and match, and you want to try and get as many hit points. Or as much power in your in your weapons, right? So that'd be my second one. But the first one has got to be with the uh, the the building of uh, different um, vehicles in uh, in Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, we had a man with an exploding penis. <laughs> that was a fun couple weeks. Yes, that never happened. You know, and then like someone had built just this really basic um, hovercraft. That was so popular that, you know, I'm sure got millions and millions of downloads on how to build it, right? Because you had to, it, the the angles had to be perfect. Is that the so, one? I think I use that a lot where it's just like the control stick and then the, the two fans and that's it. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. use that quite a bit. Yes. So, yeah. And that's no, like. It's a great pick. Yeah. So I'd have to say the building mechanic of the vehicles. Nice. Yeah, I. um. Uh, I again, Tears of the Kingdom is not one that is on my awards list, and it's just I want to go back to it, but it just didn't click for me. But I will say the building mechanic is is really good in that game. I I think it's very unique. I mean, just for the sure. sheer amount of stuff that you can do with it. It's 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 I don't know. It's not like Minecraft level, but it it still gives you the the 
creative nature of making vehicles and stuff. And I don't know, there's just something to it that's that's quite enjoyable. So, Seth, uh, what about you, man? Dude, um, this uh, when I read this uh, a category, it came to my mind immediately. I didn't even have to think about it. It is the boss fights from Final Fantasy 16. Um, so well crafted. Some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my whole life. Like a complete mind blowing experience. Every time you had a boss fight, uh, with, like the primals specifically is, is more what I'm talking about. And um, I don't know. I don't know how they even came up with like the visuals for, the, for something like that. My mind doesn't even work like that, man. I mean, it, it was like a it was like a, a Dragon Ball Z Final Fantasy set or Final Fantasy um, experience with, with kaiju monsters and so cool. So cool. And, and the music, like like you guys said before, was phenomenal. Um, I still have like Find the Flame. Uh, in, Dude, my, in my library so my good phone. yeah yeah um yeah just that, that that was an easy pick for me um was was the final fantasy 16 boss fights every single one of them was phenomenal they're all every good yeah the bahamut fight though i have to say in particular there's something about just the the way that fight is presented that is so yeah. flawless is that the one where you go to orbit yes yes fucking amazing <laughs> yes so dude yes. anime <laughs> moment yes <laughs> right there it's so good and so. uh, special shout out to the um, Kupka fight, specifically yeah. um, the first one. Where yes. you, is it the first one? Yeah, where you just show up at the castle and you're like, all right, buddy. Like, yeah. like it's fucking throw it out. Trade hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a one on one, like not even a Titan fight. Yeah, that, that yeah. thing is. <laughs> I love that fight. Oh, it's so, it's so okay. brutal. It was excellent. Yeah. Yep. So, Coach, Coach, you have any interest in playing Final Fantasy 16? Yeah, but I got to get to that point where I can play it and not get frustrated because I'm like a noob in that whole play genre on, game. Just play it on easy. Each one restart each each one restarts. It's I sk- I skipped all of them. It's fine. Yeah, you you really don't need RPG experience to play Final Fantasy 16. It's more of an action game. Yeah. Well, that and like even it's like, oh, Sid's in this one. What was Sid in the other? It's like it doesn't fucking matter. He's really cool in this one. <laughs> it's cool. Just let's just roll with cool Sid. Yeah, I really think you might be overthinking the RPG experience thing. Yeah, I mean, if you can play Zelda, you can play Final Fantasy, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I'm going to give Final Fantasy more love. My favorite individual component of a game this year was the active time lore in Final Fantasy 16, which a good pick. I wish every game that had expansive, you know, worlds like Final Fantasy 16 has. I wish every game would have that. I mean, that would have been extraordinarily useful in something like Alan Wake when that came out to have like a library of what is this character? Who are they talking about? Where is this? For yes. those unaware what it is, it's when you're anywhere, not just in a cutscene, but particularly it's pretty cool when you're in a cutscene. If you hit your, I think it's your touchpad, if you hold your touchpad on, on PS5, it'll bring up this menu that's like an encyclopedia of the characters and things they are currently talking about in the cutscene. So like if, you know, Clive's blah, 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 and he says Benedicta, it'll bring up, if you go into the menu, information about Benedicta in case you forgot who she was or wanted to know more, or they might reference um, an area you haven't been to yet. Again, same thing. You hold down the touchpad. It shows a list of things that are currently being discussed at that time. One of them might be that area. If you click on it, it'll tell you where it is and a little bit of its history and what it means and its location. And just 
I don't know who made that decision, but putting that in that game made the world feel more lively. It really gave you more context for what was going on. Yeah, also, so good. Another thing that game did, I know Final Fantasy 50 did this as well, but just the idea to have like tutorial tra- like fighting shit in like your hub in like yes. I think Final Fantasy 15 you could just do it from the menu. I think you're right. But then there's like a arena like Valhalla, I forget what it's called in in Final Fantasy 16. But you just go and like practice combos. Like you can take time off the game and just be like, "Oh fuck, like how did this work again?" and just go and like practice before you actually throw yourself into something like a a, a meaningful fight, which is just Everyone, yes. Everyone, do that, please. That's so good. <laughs> yes, I agree, and it's especially useful now. You know, with the DLC, I, I need to go back and and play more of it. But like having taken a break from the game for a while and going back, having that practice arena, super useful. So, um, all right, guys. So we're in 2024, which means it's time to talk a little bit about our most anticipated for 2024, and you know. Normally we talk about games, but if you have a, a a movie or TV show or anything that you're anticipating this year as well, you could certainly bring that up too. But um, Seth, what's uh, what have you got here for for most anticipated for this year? Um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, dude. I am all aboard the hype train for the Final Fantasy VII remake trilogy, and I loved the first one. And I, I got to go back. My, my plan is uh, once I finish up this next Legend of Heroes game, I'm going to go back and play through Intergrade. I, I never played the Yuffie DLC, so I'm going to go back and play that. And uh, I'm going to roll right into Rebirth at that point, and it's going to be a great time. Really excited to see where they take the story of Rebirth because... Uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. The the, uh, the remake story had a lot of twists and turns to it that, that I don't think anyone was expecting. So really excited for this one as well. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Seth. And I know it's been like on every message board, but should somebody still play the original Final Fantasy VII before yes. jumping into this? 100%. Right. Yes. Oh, and why why would you necessary. say that, Austin? You've never played Seven, have you? I played a, a decent amount of it, but I'm aware of oh, what okay. happens in the the okay. remake, and yeah, you you need to play uh, the original. Okay. Yes. So, but I'm honestly I'm excited because I know I just remember when it was announced how excited Seth was. Like it was like the best day of his life, right? When <laughs> when he goes back and reflects on life, he's gonna look think back to that time when it was announced, right? Yes, that was a good day was. though, actually. It was yeah. one of the greatest days of my life, actually. Yeah. <laughs> George, what about you, man? What are you looking forward to this year? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll start with the non-gaming stuff first. I'm really looking forward to, like, uh, five years ago, I think, 2019, Marvel did, like, this really big sort of reboot, I guess, of, like, the X-Men universe and just, like, how they live their lives and how they interact with the rest of the Marvel universe. And that story is sort of coming to a head this year with the fall of House of X and rise of Powers of X. That's like a little capstone to the whole, they call it the Krakoa era. And I'm not most caught up on X-Men, but like that series, uh, House of X and Powers of X back in 2019 was like easily the best comic book I read that year, especially from like the big two. Uh, So I'm excited to see sort of how it ends. 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie called Challengers, which is like Zendaya as like a tennis player, and she's married to one guy who used to be friends with her other guy, and her husband is playing her ex-boyfriend and like his ex-best friend in some tournament. It just, it looks fucking good, and I love tennis, and uh, I love just like really dramatic uh, movies. I'm very excited to see like an original piece of R-rated sex drama thriller shit happening. I'm very excited. And then I got three games. Uh, in theory, Avowed is coming out this year. In theory. In theory. Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because they did what the Outer Worlds, right? That that team, and I just thought Love that, that was like the best the best version of Fallout that's ever existed. Dude, it's so, so good. Re- really hoping Avowed is just the best version of Elder Scrolls that's ever existed, since we're clearly not getting Elder Scrolls Six until ten years after I fucking die. So. Uh, so that's my number three most anticipated game. My number two most anticipated game, Star Wars Outlaws. I'm so sick of that Ubisoft formula. I'll put up with it if it's Star Wars. I'll do it. There's not a lot I won't do for Star Wars. I'm eagerly, eagerly, eagerly looking forward to that game. And number one, not just because of Bulk Gun and not just because of that lore video I told you guys I watched incredibly hungover on New Year's Day, Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. Really looking Looks forward so to that good. game. I love that game on PlayStation 3. I used to play that yeah. with friends, like, when we got home from the bars. And, like you said, like, we knew dick about Warhammer. We knew absolutely nothing about it. But the fact that this game is coming out now, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled. Can't wait to jump into it. Very nice. Hell yeah. Coach? Yes. Go ahead. What is your most anticipated of 2024? Okay, so non-game related is... Um, I'm finally back to racing again, so I have three races that I'm going to do this year. One in March, so one in 12 weeks, one in 20 weeks in May, because I have all my weeks planned out. And then there's a big one I'm going to do on Labor Day weekend, not Labor Day, sorry, on Veterans Day in November. So um, it's been since 2016 since I've done any competitions. So. That's awesome, man. It's yeah. And then I know Seth is gonna like this one, but I'm going to build my own Star Wars canon this year. What? So basically, I thought you what already had. I on. you already no. had. <laughs> but I'm gonna go even deeper on this one. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start with um the the time period before episode one. So like the um the dark Darth Plagueis novel. I'm going to read that one. The Dooku novel. And then the one with um, with Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon. Then I'll Dude, watch want, episode one. Huh? I want you guys to know that it took until he started talking about books for me to understand. What he, I thought you were creating like a, like a Star Wars like, like a roadmap of here's what's canon and what's not. Oh, is he 3D printing like a like a like a like a like a laser like cannon death, for the like outside of a starship? Like, like Death Star? Like is he? Yeah, I was like, wow. dude, single core reaction. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm gonna go through and build my own library of books. Sorry. There you go. That are there you be, go. That are gonna be my cannon, not this Disney Plus crap. I thought you were saying that Dave Filoni had hired you and you were gonna personally set the uh, the Star Wars Ooh. cannon. I would make it so much better. And <laughs> so, Dave Filoni? With, with Dave Filoni. Then he's not going to do anything because he's not pulling the punches. He, it's still Kathleen Kennedy. 
So, but that's a whole right. other discussion. So those are my two non-gaming, but for my gaming, it would have to be, since there's no real games I'm excited for coming out, it's platinuming both, uh, all three games in the Mass Effect series. Good luck. Yes. Plat- you're not just playing, you're platinuming them. Yes. Good luck with that. The only, the only annoying one is the first one, to be honest, in terms of getting the platinum, because there's like certain trophies that you can only do with one character class and then other trophies you can only do with another character class. So like I made a character that could do like the biotic stuff. Cause I just play those games like a shooter. And then you just like can literally go up and like target like an elevator and just use like biotic lift on it 50 times, 75 times, whatever you have to do. Like it doesn't take long. It's just tedious and annoying. And then the rest of it you can do in one playthrough. And then the second one you can get in one playthrough, and the third one you can get in one playthrough. Like it actually, I think technically you need to like start the third one and get to like the first mission mission to like get a full level ten upgrade on a weapon. But that's like just an extra twenty minutes, you know, after a playthrough. So that's not that bad. The first one's the only annoying platinum. You got those, Coach. I believe in you. Yeah. Thanks, bro. So you've never played them before, right, Coach? No, never. Have. You're in for a fucking treat, man. They're I wish so I could good. go back and play them for the first time. Really? Is that good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so good. This the the storyline, the overarching storyline throughout those games is excellent, man. It's so good. So um yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you though, coach, as far as games for next year or this year rather. I keep saying next year, but we're in twenty twenty four. I'm um uh, there's not a whole lot I'm really that excited for right now, to be honest with you. I, I looked through the the release list and Obviously, we had a banger 2023, but 2024 for me is not exactly looking like a great year at the moment. I'm sure we'll get some some good stuff later on and games that'll be announced, but there's nothing like absolutely blowing my mind right now. There's no Alan Wake 2. There's no Spider-Man. There's no Tears of the Kingdom type games, Final Fantasy. But there are a few games I'm excited for, so I'll just kind of list them off here. Uh, Helldivers 2 comes out actually in like a little over a month, so... I'm I'm looking forward to that. It looks pretty good. I I hope it's good. Star Wars Dark Forces uh, remastered. Oh yes, I'm excited it's for that. Canon, by the way, according oh, to Coach, it is. That? It's not canon. Oh hell yeah, Kyle Katarn. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, it looks great. It's the same team that's been remastering the uh, Quake games, and those ports have been excellent. So I'm looking forward to that. I think. Of the four that I'm going to mention here, this is probably the one I'm most excited for. Dragon's Dogma 2. Looks so good, man. I never played really any of the first one, but good. this game looks phenomenal. So I think this is probably going to be one of the few games I pick up in the first half of the year. And then the, the last game for me would be the uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remaster, which presumably will be one of the final Switch games. So I'm looking forward to that one, too. I completely forgot about that. Great call. Great call. Great call. Oh, those are really the big ones for me. I think elsewhere, um, movie-wise, I'd say the uh, Godzilla X-Kong movie that's coming out. I'm really excited for that. And then Sonic the Hedgehog 3 that comes out this fall. So it's going to have Shadow in it. <laughs> Too bad the Shadow have. games weren't good. Oh, yeah. Dude, that Shadow game on GameCube, so bad. So bad. None of the Sonic games are good. 
We're not talking about games we've been playing, but I just want to say that I played through Sonic 1, Sonic CD, and I'm halfway through Sonic 2. And oh. good, good games. Good games. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, an award moving on here that is entirely focused on non-gaming stuff. So... I want to talk about our favorite non-gaming media of the year. This could be a movie, a book, a TV show, whatever it may be. So, George, what did you like this year that was not a video game? <laughs> uh, I did another five. Starting at five, My Adventures with Superman. It was a new Superman animated series that came to Cartoon Network. I think it was only like 10 or 13 episodes. It was fucking excellent. That show was really good. Really crisp animation. Kind of a fresher new take on on Superman, to be honest. And like when I say that, I just mean like, oh, it's not a, a, a rehash of of stories we've seen before. I mean, I guess it was because like Lois and Clark, what can you do? But um, I just really liked it. I, I think it's like a really high energy show, so I recommend that. Uh, the Moon Knight comic, which I think is actually coming to an end or coming into a transition period, but it started in 2021, written by Jed McKay. And drawn, for the most part, by Alessandro Capuccio. Fucking excellent comic. Maybe one of the best Marvels putting out on a monthly basis. And I believe it's transition. That team is moving on to Vengeance of the Moon Knight as a new series in January. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Asteroid City, the latest uh, feature film from Wes Anderson. Book or, uh, Movie's fucking amazing. And I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. So this movie really speaks to like his entire... I guess, filmic career, going back to Bottle Rocket, which I think was like 95, 94. Uh, so it's just really cool to see how far he's come and just see him make like kind of a, a meta commentary about movies and his contribution to them without it beating you over the head as a meta commentary moment. Oppenheimer, um, favorite movie experience in theaters this year. Mm -hmm. Three hours, fucking incredible. The last 45 minutes, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like after the first two hours and 15 minutes, the last 45 minutes were so fast. It felt like lightning. Um, movie's really good. My favorite non-gaming media this year. Are you guys familiar with a TV show called Shorzy? Some people in my office have brought this up and I have no idea what it is. All right. So there's a show for the past couple of years called Letterkenny. It's about this very small town in Ontario, Canada called Letterkenny, the intersection of jocks, farmers, hicks, uh, and skids, like the drug dealers, and how all these different cliques kind of like interact with each other in such a small town. And there was one character on that show who was like this big asshole hockey player named Shorzy, and he got a spinoff show where he moved to a new town and joined like a men's senior hockey league. And the first season is about trying to transform it from like the worst team in the league. And the second season is about trying to keep that momentum going. Shorzy season two came out in October, I think. Only six episodes. Hands down, my favorite TV show. Hands down, my favorite piece of media this year. No offense to the games we're going to list as we get to our game of the year category. But Shorzy just makes me feel so fucking good. And I want to watch it all the time. Is it like a comedy or what kind of show is it? It's a comedy. Okay. Uh, they're they're all kind of just like it's like Canadian independent television made by like this one former like YouTuber. He used to just like upload sketches and then got a TV deal with this uh, Canadian channel called Crave. Okay. And then there's a partnership deal with Crave and uh, Hulu. And so just once a year there'll be a six to eight episode letter se Letter Kenny season that drops in December. The final season just dropped on December 26th. 
And then starting last year, there was a sixth episode Shorcy season and uh, nice. it came back. But it's probably like my favorite sports movie of the last 10 years, like going back to Moneyball, probably. Hustle was really good, but something about Shorzy just feels great. But I just, I, like I said, I just, I always want to watch it. I'm like, I made a bet with Aaliyah specifically that I thought she would lose just so I could make the winning part of the bet. Like, oh, well, now you got to watch Shorzy. Sorry. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, I, I need to check those those shows out because I like I said, a bunch of people at the office have been talking about Shorzy, but I, honestly, I didn't know anything about it. But it sounds pretty fun. So it's it's really good. It's like some of the best TV, like smartest TV writing. I'll send you a couple of clips. If you don't okay. like any of the five clips, you're just not going to like the show. <laughs> and that's cool. I mean, granted, you'll spend 10 minutes deciding that as opposed to like. Listening to a friend and spending like, oh, I watched the entire first season like, yeah, it was, yeah, it's OK. Seth, what about you? Do you what's your your choice or choices for this this topic? Um, my hero academia season six. Um, really, truly phenomenal season to where uh, to a uh, an anime that I felt was kind of like going downhill a little bit, and uh, just for you know, because out of boredom one day, um. I decided I was going to catch up on, on my yeah. hero academia because I really love those first early seasons and, and um, damn really, really good, really picked up the action, really picked up the character development. Um, definitely really excited to see how the next season goes. And I think the season after that's going to be the last one. So yeah, um, really, really looking forward to that. And then I wanted to uh, also, I, it was, it was a tie between that and uh, star Wars, the high Republic, the rising storm. I read the first two High Republic novels um, this year, and I got a decent way through the third one. And dude, they're really good. They're they're a lot. I, I really wish I would have given them more credit when they first came out. Um, they're not the, the best Star Wars that I've you know ever ever encountered, but they're really good. They're you know they're a solid eight and a half category, and the characters in them are really uh, really really fun really cool and they're they got me right like i think the high republic was like kind of floundering and then they put all that high republic stuff in jedi survivor and i'm like well, i don't even know what the hell's going on with this stuff so i, I better I, I need to look into this and read it and um i did and i'm really glad i did because there's some really cool characters so yeah big fan that's a a saga i need to get back to as well i bought the first book like the day it came out and I only read maybe the first 100 pages or so. And I know I've said this on the show before, but the the entire like opening sequence in that first High Republic book with uh, like the hyperspace disaster, for lack of a better word, super, <laughs> super creative, super creative idea. So I need to get I back to we, that. I think we all grabbed it around when it came out because I we remember did. talking about it with you guys. And I remember just being like really frustrating because they would just like say some spaceship name like oh this is like a yeah. t86 i'm like what the fuck's a t86 i gotta <laughs> google that um yeah, yeah i should should get back to it too big shout out to loden great storm an absolute chad of a jedi knight so okay big fan coach uh what, what's your pick for for this best non-game media of the year so definitely oppenheimer hmm. amazing movie because once you get to the middle, it's like a new movie starts. 
right? Once you get to the major part in the middle, then it totally turns a different, um, goes a different route, right? So that one, and then also Godzilla minus one. Um, that has to be probably one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year. The human story is amazing. So that's what made the movie so good. And then, but I'd have to say the biggest highlight um, would be going to see Motley Crue and Def Leppard this summer. Nice. Um, they came here through El Paso. I saw them last year, same concert basically uh, in Phoenix. But this year they were both groups were super tight and it was freaking amazing. So, and I know they get a lot of crap because they're older and uh, they might be using back, you know, um, backing vocals and stuff like that to help them out. But even if they did, no one cared. The sun bowl was like completely full, like, cause we were in the front. So when I turned back and took pictures, I was just blown away that they were able to, Hell yeah. Like, That's awesome. El Paso. El Paso is an awesome place to for concerts. So yeah. Awesome. Yep. So for my picks for this one, I'd say my runner up would be the um forget if both of these came out this year, if it was just the final one, but the Attack on Titan final chapters, part one and part two, which were the grand finale to the anime. I think those endings in particular, those final, essentially what are two movies that end the, the whole show, kind of solidified Attack on Titan as my favorite anime of all time. I mean, it's, it's an extremely well-crafted story, and it does stick the landing. I know initially there were some complaints about does it or does it not with the manga, but they apparently adapted a few things with the anime to adjust to kind of reader complaints from the way the manga initially ended and it works very well man that that anime as a whole there's no bad part in my opinion i mean there's nothing that i did not like about that entire entire plot line and and the grand finale of the the final two sequences final two movies it's all flawless it's all flawless so that's kind of my runner up, but obviously my number one pick, if, if you have not been paying attention to me recently, has got to go to Godzilla minus one. That movie is probably like a top three movie of all time for me. Um, I've always been a Godzilla fan. Like since I was a kid, I've been watching Godzilla since I was five years old, if not younger. Um, I've seen them all at this point many times. But Minus One came out and it was kind of surprising to me because I think we really didn't even get a trailer for Minus One until like halfway through 2023. It was pretty close to the movie's launch that that the a trailer first dropped for it. So it kind of came out of nowhere. But it blew me away, man. That movie is really, really special. And I... I I said this in my review that I posted on our YouTube channel, and I'll, I will continue to reiterate this. I really don't feel like it's a movie where you have to have any knowledge of Godzilla to like love. I mean, I, I think that you can walk in literally not knowing what Godzilla is or any, any information about that character um, or the franchise, I should say. And just it's a movie that is so easy to fall in love with because of the, the human story. And the way everything's portrayed. So, yeah, I, I think just, again, stellar movie. Stellar movie. 
So that's my pick. But uh, yeah. So let's kind of wrap it up here with two our, our two big awards. We'll start with these could kind of be one and the same. So I'm not sure where you guys want to take this, but our second to last award is the best game we played this year. Now, this is not necessarily game of the year. Game of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick specifically. That is, of course, gonna be our final award to games that released in 2023. But for this award, I think we should probably pick games that did not release in 2023 that we played. Although, if the best game you played this year is also your your game of the year, that's certainly applicable as well. If you'd like to go that route, so coach, what was the best game you you? you played this year not necessarily your game of the year but what was the best one okay. for you so my non 2023 would have to be uh so i got the platinum on the ps5 but i didn't get the platinum for the ps4 until like two weeks ago which was miles morales nice yep that game is excellent yep yep i love and you the... know what i was thinking is go ahead no i was just gonna say i love the vibes in that game like the snowfall and like going around the yes. puerto rican area and just really cool. And the thing about this game is it picks up and goes, right? It didn't have that slow progression like Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 had. It just, you go, you start it, and then boom, you're off to the races. Yeah. So, yeah. So that'd be mine. George? I got four runner-ups battlefield bad company 2 went back and got that platinum this year game is excellent still r.i.p battlefield bad company 2 uh similar vein to that battlefield 2042 I, that, that game got shit on a lot that game is pretty good now i i recommend that game pokemon brilliant diamond the the remake for switch that game is incredible uh I, this game came out this year but i'm counting it here modern warfare 3 just because it's a lot it's like mostly old maps just like redone um the multiplayer is a lot of fun. I haven't even touched a single player. I, I never do that with Call of Duty. I usually only touch a single player. But I've just been having a blast. Like, even just doing basic team deathmatch on hardcore has been so much fun. Metroid Prime Remastered. I, I have a hard time counting, like, a remastered game yeah. and, like, the game of the year. Unless it's, like, incredibly special, like, built from the ground up. Uh, this game is dope. Uh, my number one game that I replayed this year, Titanfall 2. Game's fucking perfect. Dude. So good. That game is Put excellent. On my backlog for man eternity. You've got to play that game, Seth. You just never, never How played long it. Is it because I have the game? Oh, not long. Six hours, six and yeah. a half hours. Okay. Oh, I was I played the multiplayer. Like that's what I was playing. Was just the game is fucking perfect. There's, I, I think it is the best feeling shooter of the last 10 years until bolt gun obviously bolt gun is now number one supreme but uh now titanfall 2 is fucking epic yeah it's hard it's so good. hard for me to compare between that and doom 2016 just from a gameplay perspective those would probably be my two picks for like the best shooters in the generation. many many yeah. years but um dude i'd do anything for titanfall 3 i, I apex is fine and like i'm glad they're doing what they're doing with um star wars but like Man, can we just get Titanfall 3, please? <laughs> even just like, even if they just like, because the first Titanfall was multiplayer only. Even yeah. if they just made like a multiplayer only Titanfall 3, like I would fucking take that. The campaign was I perfect. Too. I get, I get why you're not doing it because that was six and a half hours and it was one of the most thoughtfully 
intricately designed campaigns I've ever seen yes. in six and a half hours. Did not oversay its welcome. Like literally brilliant pieces of of game design in that in narration. It was incredible. But just the multiplayer was so fucking good. Just give me more. Dude, it was excellent. More. That is one of the very few multiplayer shooters that I couldn't say this anymore, but at the time that I could say I was very good at. I oh, really I, I, fucking, I was excellent. Yeah, yeah. I became very acclimated to that gameplay and it was very particular. I mean, there was really nothing else like it. I think Black Ops 3 is maybe the closest just from a kinetic standpoint, but um dude such a good game. I love the multiplayer in that game. I played that game for hours and hours and hours. So, uh, Seth, what is the best game you played this year? The best game I played this year is a game that I beat no more than six hours ago. And it was The Legend of Heroes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. when, when, did it, when did it come out? Um... 2011 maybe okay so i i I don't know how recent these games are you said they like kind of alternate between like ease and legends and another Um, game series well so ease isn't part of it but that's a different but you said the same developers yeah so oh yeah so this originally came out in 2010 it was localized this year um so this is the middle storyline so this Legend of Heroes series that me and Pedro are playing through, it's one giant storyline, right? They released the first two games and then the third game, right? And that they they work together as a trilogy. Then there's a duology in the middle. Uh, and then there's the four game um, Trails of Cold Steel series that I played last two years or whatever. And then there's the the last one, Trails into Reverie, which just came out the, this or 2023. They never released the two. They never localized the two games in the middle. So there was like fan translations and whatnot. But Falcom, for whatever reason, just didn't do them. And everyone was like, yo, these are these are the best ones. And it's true. Like this uh, Trails from Zero that this game that I played. It's probably one of the best JRPGs I've ever played in my life. Like the the storyline's really cool. Uh, The characters really well developed, which is Falcom with their 67 person team. It's just like a, a master at writing characters, apparently. And uh, it's got a really, really cool, fun cast and a really awesome story that uh, deals with uh, police and um, you're a detective for uh, this police force in the city called Crossbell. And you don't see that very often in in RPGs. I mean, you see like a lot of, you know, like fantasy, like warrior and and, and, mercenary and whatnot. But the only other JRPG I can think of where you're like an actual like cop or detective is um, Parasite Eve. And so this is a really cool, um, fun take on, on the JRPG formula. And yeah, I really dug it. It was it was a, a lot of fun. Nice. Definitely recommended. If I ever have 1,500 free hours, I'll definitely play through that scene. <laughs> not enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not that far off, actually. All right. So my choice... It's kind of crazy because I played this game almost exactly one year ago. I started this game like literally New Year's last year and played through it in the month of January. So it feels like it's been forever and kind of forgot I played it in 2023. But The Last of Us Part 2 would be my 
best game I played in 2023. Non 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 Hell goatee. Yeah. So I um we've had this discussion before on the show and I've talked about it, but I kind of wrote off the last of us part two for basically ever since it came out, just because for me, the last of us part one or what is now known as the last of us part one um, was not, it, it never clicked for me fully when it released. It was fine. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was no like uncharted. It was no uncharted two or uncharted three. It just didn't really compare in my in my opinion and i i still want to go back and play the remaster for that game on ps5 at some point but um anyway point being i wrote off the last of us part two i just decided hey i thought part one was fine i'm not really interested in touching this kind of similar to what i've done with horizon i i thought horizon one was okay and i just have no desire to play the next game but you don't need to yeah i've heard that from several people um, one thing we haven't mentioned so far, by the way, and maybe in this last topic, I'm surprised nobody brought it up was the, the last of us HBO show came out earlier this year, which was phenomenal in my opinion. But leading into that, I was in the mood for this franchise suddenly. And so I finally decided, Hey, I'm going to try last of us part two. And I was genuinely surprised at how excellent. I thought this game was um, again coming from somebody that really didn't enjoy part one that much Part two legitimately I'm I can understand finally the um, critical acclaim that game received I, I really do think it's a phenomenal game obviously there are some weird choices made plot wise that people agree or disagree with after playing through the game from start to finish honestly I liked where the, the plot went I really enjoyed the the dark direction I don't know that I could have played this in 2020 when it came out, when the world was depressing as hell. But after having some separation from that and just kind of being in a good spot when I played it, I I thought the game was phenomenal. So I uh, I'm actually probably going to grab that upgrade when it comes out on PS5 in a couple weeks because they're adding that roguelite mode. And the more I see of it, the more interested I am in it. Um, being able to play as the different characters and like running through and. I will say that the gameplay in, in two, not many people talk about this, but the gameplay is excellent. The gameplay in one is very tank controls in a way, but two, it reminds me a lot of Metal Gear Solid Five in a way. There's very like direct control of your character, and I, I, I loved it. So that's my choice. But um, nice. Got one more, one more award, Game of the Year. So, Seth, what is your Game of the year for 2023. It should come as no surprise. All right. My game of the year for 2023 is Final Fantasy 16. And it wasn't even close, dude. Sure. The game drags a little bit here and there in the story. Um, And the side quests are, are, you know, a lot of nonsense. Fetch quests. and they, They turn up at the end. But the absolute highs that this game brought you to. Um, and, and the characters and, and, you know, we've, we've gushed about the whole podcast pretty much, but, um, never played anything like this in my whole life, dude, never played anything like this. And I was super psyched when they said that they weren't going to make any sequels, any DLC originally. And by the end of it, I was like, no, like I want more. Give me as much more of this as you possibly can, please. Like I'm dying for this. So 
Um, Final Fantasy 16, man, I'm stoked to jump into the DLC probably next year. <laughs> I'm sorry, probably uh, <laughs> later this year at some point when when I get some free time. Yeah, but super, super good. Once in once in a lifetime type of game. Final Fantasy 16, 100 percent. It's so good, man. Coach, you've got to play that game. I know you said you were like kind of waiting on it, but I really do think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. So, uh, George, what is your game of the year for 2023? Well, of course I had to do a top five. Uh, my number five, <laughs> F-Zero 99. Game fucking rocked me. I'm, I'm shit at it. I love that I game. So much, I have so much fun when I play that game. Uh, number four, Diablo 4. Didn't beat it. Loved it. I... Um, Got a little sick of replaying Diablo 3 because of its cartoonish art style. I'm just like, all right, like, what if there's like a more mature Diablo? This feels like the perfect marriage of Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. I love Diablo 4. I also, I'm not a fucking loser who replays it 19 times. So, like, I don't really care about, like, oh, it's yeah. not as good the 35th time you play. It's like, well, you're fucking weirdo. Don't play games that many times. You're a freak. Uh, number three, Starfield. Didn't finish this one either. Fucking loved it, though. Thought it was really cool. Thought they uh, did a really good job of making me care about space the way that Skyrim made me care about medieval stuff. And um, I think Fallout's really boring. And I hope Starfield takes over the mantle and they just stick with Fallout 76 for the next couple years. So Fallout Thanks. sucks, Seth. Don't, don't, it's don't all right. Like that. All right. Uh, number two, <laughs> Silver Medal. It was neck and neck. It was so close. Jedi Survivor, number two. Excellent game. Oh. Excellent, incredible game. Number one game, Final Fantasy 16. Let's Didn't go. Didn't even finish it. Didn't Let's finish go. It. Didn't have to. Going to finish it. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is my top priority, and then Final Fantasy 16 is my next priority. Yeah. So good, man. It's so good. So, uh, and I think... Uh, you know, I guess we'll see what what you think when you get to it, George. But I don't know wh- where you stand, Seth. A lot of people complain about the th- the last like five hours of of sixteen. They're stupid. Yeah, They're I agree. Stupid. It's fine. Like <laughs> yeah. it it continues the plot, and it's a great ending. Those so I don't. Are just dumb. They're dumb people, <laughs> I, I, and and I wish them nothing They're but pain jerks. and misery in their life. Those okay, people I'll... probably just are mad that the forty eighth time you replay Diablo four, it's not as good as the first time. So yeah. like, yeah, fuck them. Some freaks. Um, go go <laughs> so eat to your, use your words. you fucking babies. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, what is your game of the year for twenty twenty three? So the two big ones that I played from this year is Spider Man two and Tears of the Kingdom. So and I've definitely given it to Tears of the Kingdom. And this is why this game meant so much to me, right? Is because in uh, 17 and 18, when I was in Saudi Arabia, I really explored every nook and cranny in Breath of the Wild. And to be able to go back and it being new, and it surpassed even what I thought this game would be, it's like I can go back, like if that was the last game, honestly, that... I would be complete as far as playing games. And I still have so much more to do with the uh, the chasm, right? I didn't explore it as much as I should have. So whenever in the next two, three years, whenever I go back to it again, um, definitely going to explore the, the chasm. But it was just so awesome just to re-explore and, and remember, like, there was a shrine here, you know, or this happened here. Um, at the beginning of the game, when you're on the uh, in Breath of the Wild, when you're at the uh, the Great Plateau, 
and you go to like the the corner of it, I guess, where the old man, which is Zelda's dad, right? Um, where he uh was it her dad or yeah, her dad, yeah. where he had that log cabin, you know, and it changed in the fact that it was uh by the um who are the guys that disappear? What were they called? Oh, the uh the, like the ninja guys. Um yes. Ooh. I can't remember the names off yeah. the top of my head, but gonna, yeah. It, yeah. So like things are still there, but it's occupied differently. So I just enjoy the, I put like 350 hours in. And he said, you get clan. You get clan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and he's and fucking so, clutch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and dude, just, I, I was playing Sonic on my switch the other day shout out to seth who loves sonic as we already discussed earlier in the show um i was playing sonic the other day because i've been on a sonic binge and i saw you were online coach and so i just clicked on your profile for some reason dude you played 350 hours of tears of the kingdom yep how is that possible because i would play it when i when i'd wake up before work i would play it when i go home on the weekends that's all i play like i literally lost that's amazing the world and then just dove into this yeah that's awesome man yeah that yeah is, I, that, is, that is legendary i need to go back to it because i think i just wasn't in the right headspace at the time it kind of came out and i was trying to force my way through it as quick as possible and that kind of ruined the experience for me so i want to go back to it and just sit there and like take it a day at a time and just do what i want and finish the game whenever i finish it because it's a massive game clearly as as coach has played almost 400 hours of it there's so much to do in it and um i don't know i just want to take it a day at a time so at some point in in 2024 i'd like to return to it maybe like coach. next year i'll like play skyward sword because i've never beaten that yeah and then but i don't know if i could go back to breath of the wild with all of the enhancements that they did like you know, Brother Wild is still an amazing game, but Tears of the Kingdom just be exploded. a hipster and play it on Wii U instead. You know, right? There you go. I need to actually get that copy because I want to. I've actually tried to collect all of them. Collectors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I ha I have it. That's that's where I played the first like twenty hours of that game was on Wii U. It's crazy. I, I didn't I didn't have a Switch until later that year. Uh, so, Coach, how close was Super Mario Wonder to making your your top two? I didn't play enough of it for it to be in there. I mean, I had fun, but then uh, as soon as I got really into Spider-Man, then uh, gotcha. I played about a week, maybe like two worlds or something like that, you know, but then I jumped right back into Spider-Man too. So, because remember those two came out on the same night. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another one I, I need to go back to at some point. Andy and I were playing at co-op and we probably got about halfway through it, maybe a little further than halfway and. It's good, but I didn't think it was mind blowing like other people said. I mean, it's just more 2D Mario. I just can't. I just can't pretend to care about 2D Mario nearly as much as I actually care about 3D Mario. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with you. So I want a before you go to yours. I would like a 3D Donkey Kong before Mario. That would be interesting. We haven't had one yeah. since. It's N64, I guess. Yeah. So. And there were little rumors that there would be one, but my 
my game of the year, my runner-ups would be not necessarily in this order, but would be um, Spider-Man Two and Final Fantasy Sixteen. Those were those would be my runner-ups. I, I loved both of those games. Sixteen again is a game I need to get back to and finish up the uh, the DLC in it. But I think as a whole, that game is phenomenal. And same thing with Spider-Man Two. I thought the the first half of that game was a little slower. Than I would have liked, but the second half, man, it's all gas. Like that, the second half of that game is excellent, um, and the gameplay is really, really good. But this, again, no surprise to anyone at all. My game of the year is without a doubt, like not even a question. Alan Wake Two. Alan Wake. Um, yeah, called it. No, no question at all. That game. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm biased because I I love Remedy. Alan Wake, when I first played it, was like a mind-blowing experience for me, you know, 10 years ago. And then, of course, when Control uh, came out and I eventually played it on PS5, again, just like a top five game of all time for me. That game is absolutely insane. Um, Maybe it's just like the bias there, but for me, Alan Wake 2 was just a flawless flawless game and there was so much that um i don't know there there are so many little different things that i could pick on about the game i think graphically it's got to be like maybe the best looking game i've ever played just the way the lighting works and like the particle effects and the smoke and fog it's i don't even know how they how they incorporated all that on on ps5 i'm sure it looks incredible on like a 4090 on pc or something but the the graphics are incredible the soundtrack you know, you've got the Poets of the Fallback as the Old Gods of Asgard. You've got several new Old Gods of Asgard songs that are excellent. But aside from that, aside from like the, um, you know, the 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 vocal tracks, there are some really good atmospheric um, tracks that play throughout that really kind of up the ante. But I just got to say, overall, the 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 plot line, the storyline that plays throughout this game, I don't know. I just every second it had me guessing what was going to happen next and every character you know i had some sort of interest in there was not a single character that i came across where i was like "Eh, i don't care what's happening with them i don't know they're just the whole world that they set up and what they are continuing to set up not just for the expansions for this game one that'll come out this year and i think the other one that they're saying could be early next year but also for the future of the franchise with control 2 and presumably an alan wake 3 Man, they Remedy has a, a a lot on the way, and I just I can't wait for it. They're becoming easily my my favorite developer, and um, Alan Wake Two just continued the streak, so that is mine. But uh, there you have it. There are our awards. So if you have picks of your own, leave them in the comments down below. If you're listening to this after the fact or shoot us a message on on social media and let us know we'd love to hear your your picks even if it's just for game of the year or otherwise and we're we're always interested so anybody have anything they want to add on before we wrap up the show here on 2023 or what's to come in 2024 it'll be a good year i want to play more indies this year but i think we're going to talk about that on a future episode yeah Right. Okay. That and uh, look forward to maybe an episode of Shortbox Summer releasing this calendar year. Be fun. <laughs> Did you guys get destroyed at work by the holidays? 
Like normally, um, like I work in advertising. I work in advertising. Normally, my shit's like wrapped up by like Black Friday. That was not the case this year. I got fucking peppered at work all yeah. throughout December, and I was just so exhausted. Like starting in September, getting ready for Black Friday, I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't read six issues of a comic, write a script, and talk to a friend about it for an hour. I feel like such a lazy piece of shit. But man, I just wanted to sleep or eat cheeses or do like literally anything else besides like the thing that like wasn't work but felt like work you yeah know? yeah i <sighs> the week between christmas and new year's wasn't too bad but like mid-december was a pretty harsh news cycle for us we just had a lot going on so i was i, I was in fact pretty busy and i've been and busy this year's gonna be immediately. crazy for you too yeah with oh, all with the, the election, yeah. Going on. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that sounds fucking miserable. I, I do not envy <laughs> yep. you at all. Yeah, it's always something. At least, man. at least you're in Georgia, which is like historically not like a super big popular state when it comes to elections, especially recent elections. Not oh, not at all. Not at all. Come out of Georgia, so that's absolutely that's nice. not. Cool. Absolutely not. No, lo- no lawsuits or implications no. from uh, sitting members of uh, executive branches. Whatever. It's, it's like it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be quiet November. <laughs> No. fucking mess jesus christ anyway guys thank you all for listening to episode 143 of frame skip good start to the year and we'll be back hopefully next week with some oh. goals for 2024 oh. i know we didn't do goals last year because i think that was in our our hiatus period where we took a few months off so i'm looking forward to, to doing that episode again but uh in the meantime we'll see you around thanks for listening thanks for watching we'll catch you later Thanks for listening to this episode of Frameskip. Don't forget you can find the show on social media at Frameskip Pod. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow us each individually on Twitter. George is at Shortbox Summary. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. And I, Austin Eller, am at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to hear discussed on the next episode of Frameskip, you can do so by submitting it to us on social media. Email us at frameskippodcast at gmail.com or visit bit.ly slash frameskipq. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash frameskipq. The show is typically live on YouTube every week, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. You can find our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash frameskiplive. Don't forget to subscribe and be notified when we do go live, typically at about 8 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.